Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. And oh my goodness, do I have a great one for you today. I love, love, love this chat with Danielle Laporte. I've been a fan of Danielle for many years, ever since Firestarter Sessions, and love her work with core desired feelings and desired mappings. I've, we have mutual friends, so I've gotten to meet her and hang out with her at a couple events. And this last book, White Hot Truth, the book that we're going to be talking about today, I read it so fast. I don't think I've read a book that quickly in years. And as you'll hear me share with her, there were so many pages where I was like, yes, yes, yes. It's so honest and it's so relatable and a must read for anybody on the personal growth spiritual path. Because I think a lot of times there's a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure and a lot of kind of darkness and judgment that can go along with things that are supposed to be quote unquote spiritual and growing us. So we unpack a lot of that. You won't want to miss a single word of this interview. If you don't know who Danielle is, let me just share a little bit about her. Danielle Laporte is an invited member of Oprah's inaugural Super Soul 100, a group who, in Oprah's words, is uniquely connecting the world together with the spiritual energy that matters. She is the author of, as I mentioned, the Firestarter Sessions and The Desire Map, A Guide to Creating Goals with Soul. The book has been translated into eight languages, evolved into a yearly planner and journal system, a top 10 iTunes app, and an international workshop program with licensed facilitators in 15 countries. I'm sure some of you listening are licensed facilitators of Desire Mapping. And her newest book, which is out now, so grab your copy. There's links in the show notes to both Danielle's website and the book, White Hot Truth. Clarity for keeping it real on your spiritual path from one seeker to another. So enjoy this interview with two seekers, Danielle and myself. Danielle, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, this instant simpatico. I'm Ah, stoked. I love it. I love it. So I actually want to start by talking about desire, which is one of the many things you've helped so many people with, including me, is really tapping into our core desired feelings. Could you talk a little bit about what core desired feelings are, how to really name them, and then why creating them consistently and experiencing them is so, so important? Mm. Well, another another term for core desired feelings would be your preferred states of being. Just like, how do you want to feel the most, most of the time? And I think if you get clear on a handful of those. So like desire mapping is all about identifying, like I think four, five, five would be great. Core desired feelings. Like any more than five for myself, my brain can't hold it because you want to be referencing them every day. Like I want to be feeling connected or sensual or inspired or whatever you're core desired feelings are. So I like five, but if seven is your lucky number, do seven. (laughs) And, um, the idea is that you're going to use those decisions to design the life that you want, that you're going to start living inside then to the outside. So everything you do is about generating those core desired feelings. So then the primary question is ridiculously, divinely simple. 
how do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is, what are you going to do to feel that way? And sometimes, and this is a distinction, I want to start making more about this. Sometimes that doing is just this internal shift. Like it's just, you're going to change the way you think about something. You're going to up your perception of how much you deserve something. And that's the shift. That's the doing. And then sometimes the doing is, I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to take this course. I'm going to run this race. You know, all the stuff that we do, do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and in the doing, we can be less addicted to the result because that's one of the distinctions that has helped me so much and that I intend to help other people really get is we're never really chasing the end result. We're really chasing mm-hmm. how we want to feel. And I think a lot of people live in when thens. When I have this, then I'll feel this certain way versus really understanding what well, you can feel any way you want to feel like right now <laughs> by, by mm-hmm. tapping into one of these doing things, either internal or external, or just by making a choice. You know, one of the spiritual definitions of a miracle is a change in perception. So mm-hmm. just by changing how we look at something and as a total recovering achievement junkie, this was so big for me to get is, wow, like it's not about the result because I'd get the goal and then I'd celebrate for maybe five seconds and it was on to the next thing. Because I was really chasing the feeling, not the thing. And to mm-hmm. me, that's, that gives us freedom. And, you know, it, it's just, it's been said so many times. It, it's like, ah, do I really have to say this? But really success is the quality of the journey. <laughs> so whatever you're doing, I mean, of course, we're naturally going to have goals because some things we want to achieve will, you know, help us with like our greater purpose and our deepest fulfillment. Like there, there are markers we want to hit. It's always going to be that way. Um, but you have to be going after whatever you're going after in a way that is soul affirming. So like you can't fight your way to peace and you can't, um, you can't lie your way to integrity (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, you can't fake brand. You can't faux brand yourself Mm -hmm. to being authentically adored. It's got to feel the way you want to feel every day. And so like in my business slash creative process, you know, career, like I just don't do it if it doesn't feel good. I get off track a lot. I make compromises where I say, oh my God, I wish I hadn't made that. Yeah. There's times where I'm doing something like, this is not fun. This is not awesome, but I'm going to finish this up because I'm a grown up. But most of the time we run the, we run every decision through the filter of does this feel light or does this feel heavy? Mm. And more specifically, are, are these aligned with my core desired feelings? Like, you know, if one of my, for a while, for about a year or so, one of my core desired feelings was beloved. And if I wasn't feeling honored and adoring, like if it wasn't mutual in a business relationship, in a contract, it was a no. Mm. And, you know, I'd made him actually, I'd made a mistake in one business relationship where I decided to go ahead. All the red flags were there. Wasn't really paying attention to my core desired feelings. <laughs> and the decision to get out of it was based on getting clear, recommitting to that core desired feeling. I said, you know, this is not a beloved relationship. We, we aren't resonating with each other. This super transactional, we're out. Yep. Yep. And giving ourselves permission to honor that and to say 
No. <laughs> I think one of that's 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 one of the hard ones because we want other people to like us and we don't want to upset other people, but when we're not honoring that, then it builds, I think it builds not only disconnection from our core desired feelings, but it can build resentment and it can build guilt and it can build a distrust with ourselves. So, it's so much more self-honoring in the moment to be like this isn't a fit, even though someone may be upset to really honor that core desired feeling. Ah, so much good stuff. Okay, so much I want to talk to you about. So let's move on to talking about your latest book, White Hot Truth. I freaking love this book. There were so many times, almost every page, seriously, multiple times Mm. on multiple pages where I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh, wow. Were we at the same retreat? Um, or, or, oh my gosh, Probably. Like, yeah, or that's exactly what I was thinking. But you just say it in such a poetic way that's just so Danielle. And there's so many truth bombs in this book that I know will deeply resonate with, with the readers. And one of the things I talk about a lot on the show with callers who I'm coaching is not to approach themselves as a consistent self-improvement project and have so many massive expectations for themselves when it comes to personal growth, because it just reinforces that misunderstanding that I'm broken in some way and perpetuates that inner critic, you know, who tells us we're not enough. So you talk about bringing the conflict between what you call a sincere spiritual aspiration and the addiction to self-improvement into the light with this book. Can you talk a little bit more about that and really what inspired you to write White Hot Truth? I was really tired. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. (laughs) Yeah. I was tired. Uh the real turning point was when it it was a very, I mean, there's so many moments, long journey, but specifically I remember looking at my day planner and there was like a psychotherapy appointment. And then there, then there was a shaman and, um, (laughs) then, you know, then there was a yoga class. And I think there was like one more thing that week where it was like, make appointment with astrologer, you know? Mm -hmm. And, I started to feel this tension between all of the stuff I was doing to take care of myself and all of the stuff that I actually wanted to do in my life, like be creative. I was like, this is really getting in the way of my work. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, now I've gotten clear and this has been pretty recent. Like my creativity is really what saves me Mm -hmm. every time. And that's a, that's a, that's a new revelation for me, but yeah. So, and at the same time, you know, some, I would say like therapeutic relationships I, I were, was in, like professional relationships, oh, they're kind of starting to break down. <laughs> was, mm-hmm. I was getting clear, like, I'm getting a little hooked on calling this person for their take. Yeah. And to see what their energy read is. And, and all the stuff I'm doing heal is starting to feel there's the, you know, the word again, like heavy. And I could see it happening with so many of my girlfriends. Yep. And I just thought, oh, I'm on to something here. Yeah. You, you really are because I think so many of us, we have incredible therapy sessions or a yoga class or a great astrology reading. And it's almost like, wow, like the, the answers are there and it can become a bit of an addiction. Mm-hmm. And it, again, reinforces that misunderstanding that one, there's something wrong with me. And two, that someone out there other than me knows better for me than me. And that's one of the things that I've really had to watch in my own growth is sort of projecting God, whatever, onto teachers or healers and relying on their 
feedback rather than really listening to my own discernment. However, that was really helpful for a certain amount of time because I was so disconnected from my own intuition mm-hmm. and, and my own inner knowing that that I needed that. But I think there comes a point in all of our growth where we have to go, you know what? I am my own guru. And, and that's, I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but you talk about how we have all the answers inside. So for someone that feels really disconnected from that and maybe can relate to having a day planner full of shamans and healers and yoga classes and and juice cleanses and all that kind of stuff, what are just some steps they can start taking to connect to their own truth? Mm -hmm. Stop taking the steps. (laughs) I'm I'm being being cheeky. No, I love it. My personal experience is I'm now going on, uh, I wish I would have charted this, 10 months without any kind of reading. Wow. So I still have a psychotherapist and we talk like when I need to, you know, every, it could be two weeks, it could be six weeks, it could be three months. And I have an energy worker who's like part of my council, but I haven't had a psychic reading. I haven't had an astrology reading. I put all of my tarot cards away. They're in a drawer. I actually just went through and I got, I'm giving all, most of my, I was just about to name some various decks. A lot of <laughs> decks that I have are going to the consignment bookstore. Mm-hmm. I just, just stopping, just stopping. I don't have any crystals in my home. I mean, that's a whole other story about getting, how shall I say, like toxically programmed life energy sucking crystals mm-hmm. <laughs> into my life. Uh, so there's no stones in my life at all anymore. And what happens is when you do that, like, it's, for me, it was almost cold turkey. You'd have withdrawals. Mm-hmm. And every day, at least once a week, we're faced with a decision. Should I take the job? Should I quit? Should I fire the client? Should I brand this way? Should I say yes? Should I go on the date? Whatever it is. Uh, or, you know, I think a lot of us too, in addition to like all the prognosticative stuff, we just love to hear what could be around the corner. Yep. By the way... It's 50-50. No one's ever really accurate. Um, in addition to the futuristic stuff, it's so comforting and it's such an ego stroke to hear about how we're wired. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really <laughs> like is. When what, whoever, whatever the modality is to have someone say, this is what you're like. This is why you do what you do yep. because your planet is in this. And you go, oh. I know. Yes. That's the way. That, oh, Who cares? Makes <laughs> yeah. Who cares? I am this way. Now, at the same, I, you know, I'm a bit tongue in cheek. At the same time, I will refer to an astrologer again. And I'm now able, I hope, I am, I don't hope, I know, I am now able to discern mm. what the gold standard is in terms of esoteric help. Mm. Um, so someone really is reading from the higher realms, not just reading little cracks in my aura and picking up on stuff, you know, is there's a much, there's a much more refined level and guess what? Very hard to come by. And guess what? You don't find it until you're walking on your own two feet and then the support, the stellar support really shows up. Yes, that's I, I, I so resonate and connect with that because I was uh, very misled, and I take my own responsibility 
yeah. for that, in running to other people for the answers. And when I stopped and really went within and did my own work and found my mm. own inner healer, my own inner coach, I'm like, wait, I coach all these other people. Maybe I should actually coach myself. That uh-huh. might be a good idea. Then there was, there was, a, there was a, a break. And actually, one big thing for me is my, my spiritual teacher first coach died in a car accident unexpectedly after mm. I had seen her for 12 years of my life. And mm. as much as it was completely devastating and disorienting, I also came face to face with how dependent on her mm. I was. Mm-hmm. And I tried to find someone else to replace her. And it was like going out on dates with people after you just lost the love of your life. Like it just was like mm. bleh, every single time. And I just decided to take a year off of going to anybody. And it Mm. was one of the most pivotal years of my life in terms of really tapping into my own inner knowing and finding that discernment. And then just like you said, the people that were of the vibration that I really needed to be connecting with started to show up. Mm. But but it wasn't until I found my own inner guru (laughs) that that happened. So thank you for bringing light to that. But that's more people need to do that. Yeah. Just, just really, I mean, I'm calling it an input fast and, and just know that you will go through the withdrawals. You will feel disoriented. Yep. And what I've, and then on the other side of it, I mean, the far other side is like strength and resiliency and clarity and the mental fog. My God, the mental fog is gone. It's like, you know, and spaciousness. But in the middle of that, Oh my God, you save so much money. <laughs> you really I save do. thousands of dollars. You create, you literally free up your time. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really, it's, I love it. So I'm so much happier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said something earlier I wanted to ask you a little more about. You said your creativity saves you. What do you mean yeah. by that? And how does it, how does it save you? Well, I'm just, I just, you know, I'm in the middle of a book campaign, obviously. And there's been, there's highs, I mean, just like any big project, right? There's highs and there's lows. And there's really, I mean, there's times when it's like pure joy. And then there's other times where it's like, okay, this is a grind. I mean, it's mostly a joy, mostly a joy. And I've learned so much about things that I used to label as being work where, you know, like I've I've done a lot of podcasts now and I am so, I mean, it makes me emotional just thinking about it. I feel so honored to connect with all of the women. And it used to be where I was like, you know, this is work. I got to do this as part of the hustle. And I think this is part of just, you know, I'm, my heart is just so much more open than it was five years ago, seven years ago. I'm, I'm more evolved mm-hmm. and I'm more loving and I'm more compassionate and I'm more available. And so I have zero resentment about anything it takes to expand professionally. I'm just loving everything. Mm-hmm. But on the times where there's been dips for not hitting goals or, you know, interpersonal struggles, whatever, just human everyday stuff. I find myself naturally wanting to quote unquote work. Mm. It's like, oh, I'm going to go write something. And what I realize is I've turned this corner of 
it isn't work. <laughs> it's like, it, it is what I've said it is all these years, finally, of it's what I am. It's what I do. It's what gives me joy. It's my dharma. And I actually, I want to write the post. Mm-hmm. I actually, and I, you know, and the reason I, I, you know, I start this reply with talking about all the podcasting, I actually want to do the podcast. Mm. It, and that was revelatory for me. Like, I really, really am choosing. Not only am I choosing, it's like a joyful experience. Yeah. There's zero bitch factor <laughs> anymore <laughs> to to this. Mm. It's really a revelation for me right mm. now. Yeah. Mm. Well, I can feel it in in how you're expressing it. And I thank you for connecting in that way because people will feel that. They'll feel that love. Mm. And mm. I think this is such a beautiful example of when we are really loving ourselves not by taking baths and citing affirmations. <laughs> right. A mani-pedi does not right. count necessarily as deep self-love. That's maintenance. Yeah. It's maintenance. Yeah. But when we're really in that full acceptance and that self-expression and connected to the feeling states we want to be connected to, then we, we radiate that and people mm-hmm. can feel that. And I'm definitely feeling it from you right now. And And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you view self-love, because I think that's another word that gets thrown around a lot in the personal growth industry, and there's a lot of misunderstandings about it. Yeah. It's not everything everybody says it is. (laughs) Um, It's not... Let me, I'm going to back into this. I'm going to go outside in. So let's just say you get to that point where you're loving and respecting yourself actively. It doesn't necessarily create harmony in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean, certainly does not mean you're going to get what you want. Um, you are not necessarily going to attract a loving response from the people around you because you're loving yourself. Even And and I'm making the assumption here. We're talking about like genuine self-respect and love. Like you're in it, you're doing it, you're being it, you know? And the illusion that's been created by the new age dogma is that, uh, you know, there's that belief, everybody is your mirror. You attract what you're putting out. And that's very confusing when you really are loving yourself and someone wants to break up with you because they can't handle your light anymore. Might be what's happening because you have some new standards that you, from a very healthy place, need them to to rise up to, and they ain't up for it. You're going to get pushback from the people who want you to stay small, mm-hmm. and you're going to get pushback from people who are unfamiliar with self-respect in their own body, and so you're like you're foreign. You're a foreign threatening experience actually has nothing to do with you. You're just really unfamiliar and you're fucking up their vibration yep. with your own vibration. Um, and so it's confusing you go, Oh, well, well, but, but I'm loving myself and the world is my mirror and the secret and the law of attraction. And why isn't this working? Okay. It's not working because our souls cram themselves into these tiny little experiences called bodies and personalities and 
free will is, is the chicken wire that holds us all together and we're going to bump up against each other. So now to start from the beginning of this about how you actually love yourself, everybody listening to us right now, if they're all coaches, we all know if we're women, if we've read any self-help books, we know how to love ourselves. We know, we know that it is the manicure and the pedicure and we know that it is positive um, not lying positivity. That's a whole other discussion, but we know that it's, it's friendliness to ourselves. And there's lots of ways for us to do that. But the most powerful thing for me, and I don't want to underestimate that friendly nature. I mean, this goes deep into Buddhist philosophy. Um, but the most powerful thing for me in terms of self-love is can I love myself while I'm hating myself. Mm. So it's not just saying you did a great job when you did a great job. That's easy. Yeah, that's easy. That's obvious. Um, it's when I did the same fucking thing again <laughs> and I can't believe I'm a, I'm a mature quote unquote successful individual. I got myself in that same damn situation again. I fell for that shit one more, one more time. time. How did I do you know, this? how did I do yeah. that? Or when I've, when I've done something I'm really not proud of when I'm never mean, but when I've been a little bit arrogant mm-hmm. and I've created separation, there's sometimes where I know, I mean, you know, you get, yeah, all women know we're so intuitive, you know, just where to just poke someone just a little bit, just to make them know that, you know, something about how life works. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not, that's not good for me to do. Can I love myself in those moments? Yeah. Mm -hmm. With some practice. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I let myself, um, get away with shit, you know? Sometimes you need to repair a few things, but I say, Danielle, you're a really loving person. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. And those are medicine moments, really powerful stuff. Yeah. Being compassionate with ourselves, forgiving yeah. ourselves in those For moments. For being an asshole. Yeah. 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 Well, we all can be assholes and jerks and bitchy at times. It's just, you know, it's part of the, part of the, the journey. And I think that's another expectation of personal growth is, oh, I'm love and light all the time. And Mm. when you're not, then you you judge yourself and and you may be love and light outwards to others, but inside you're treating yourself like a piece of shit. So that's not real love and light. (laughs) It's, okay, I'm going to be this way for others because I think that makes me spiritual. But when it comes to me, I'm not going to give myself that same love and compassion. Mm -hmm. And I have found that when I give myself that, I have so much more to give to others. And, Mm. and that's, like you said, that's part of the, that's part of the medicine. Um, you know, I, I can, one of the times I was probably the most critical and ashamed of myself was, it was about five or six years ago when I was going through my divorce and I, my second book was and my first, both of my first books talked all about how I got, you know, dumped by my fiance and then I met the love of my life and he was my soulmate. And then several years later, I'm getting a divorce. And I felt like here I am a coach and a quote unquote expert or whatever we want to call ourselves. And I, I failed. I, mm. Something didn't work. And 
it was one of the most humbling experiences of my life. Um, and one where I really had to watch my ego and like how really true, truthful I was about the experience and the difference between what I was maybe presenting externally versus what I was truly feeling inside. And the more I got real about that, <laughs> actually, the more connected to people I felt. And I think shame is one of those things in the, that we have to be mindful of in this kind of ascension because we can focus too much on how we need to look or the image we need to project versus like what's really real. And I know you write about it in the book, divorce was something for you that was another catalyst on on your path and really took you into forgiveness of, of yourself and of him. Would you be willing to share a little bit about what that journey was about for you and, and how you eventually got to forgiveness? The journey of the divorce? Yeah. Yep. Um, I was in it for a long time and I gave it everything I had to give and it wore me out. So I can say that. So let's just hold that in the highest place. There's no blame in any of that. Hmm. I, I could place a lot of blame. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but it's just like I tried. Yeah. For lots of reasons, it wasn't working. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Period. And I did a lot of things in the name of being dot, 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 more spiritual, mm -hmm. more loving, more tolerant, more yoga. It must be my family of origin stuff. Maybe I need more psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's his family of origin stuff, and I need to more, be more compassionate and understanding. I certainly need to make some changes and improve. How could I ask him to make changes and improve? I need to be more patient. I need to be more Buddhist. I need to meditate more. I need to go to one more fucking workshop. <laughs> I'm going to drag him to workshop. You know what? If I could just get him to read the self-help book, oh, he's not going to read it? Okay. I'll highlight it for him. Oh I'll highlight God. the paragraph. I, actually, I feel I'm like you're it. in my head. <laughs> yeah. I, I would highlight things. First, I would highlight them sort of surreptitiously and like, hope he noticed that I read that line, put a little heart next to it. And then I'd be just like, I highlighted this chapter. Just read that. And then I would read him paragraphs. Mm -hmm. All thinking, not just there's something wrong with him, something wrong with me. Yep. And I felt, oh, this is a really dramatic statement. I felt evil mm. for wanting to, him to change, for it not working. Must be something wrong with me. I mustn't be that loving. Yeah. Yep. So all that, yeah, it really made me tired. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And the the turning point for me, I mean, we we split up. We were about to sign divorce papers. I bought another place. We were apart for a year. And we got back together mm. and re remarried. And and split up. And the turning point for me the second time around was I would have what was called, um, and this was a very helpful label for me at the time, 
what was called situational depression. Mm-hmm. So the way it most often played out is I would end up in bed for a day on the weekend. I could not move. And usually it was, you know, I was triggered by a fight or he was always triggered by a fight. And it was like, it was a yet another weekend of that. And my kid was downstairs having a not great lunch. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, fuck this. This is affecting my parenting. Not to mention my joy, my body, my soul, my career, my creativity, my adrenals, my life, my karma, my dharma, my existence. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end this. That was a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's only that I would say that's a small part of it. I mean, once I got out, then I really had to do the work. Yep. You have to, I, for me, this isn't the same for everybody. I had to recapitulate every fucking day I spent in that relationship the good, the bad, the ugly. And I looked at everything I could and said, was that the truth or is that a lie? Where am I going to file that one? Mm -hmm. And I cleaned and cleaned. I mean, a lot of it for me afterwards was cleansing. Yeah. 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 Oh, I feel that one. (laughs) (laughs) I need a cigarette. I don't know about you, but we should just have a cigarette right now. I know. Seriously, I feel that one and relate to so much of what you're saying and had so much judgment on how I was in the marriage and how judgy and nitpicky that I had become. And Mm -hmm. there was a a lot of, yeah, mining and filing. And it also was one of those times afterwards where it it was a huge part of it was, I mean, obviously it was, it was an incredible growth experience and had me really look at a lot, um, including my relationship with myself, which was impacting everything. And I think that in those, in those, you know, grief times, we can kind of slip into a place of, uh, forgetting the truth. Like there were so many times where I thought, oh, I'll, if, if I could just change this or if we just tried again or, And it's, again, coming back to how we began this conversation, connecting to my core desired feelings and really honoring what was truth. And the truth can be hard sometimes. (laughs) It can be really, really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. people think you take these leaps of faith and you just end up on a white fluffy cloud and the angels are singing because you made the decision to, to leave a job or leave a relationship, but there's a free fall. There's a free fall in that time. And mm. that's that's where all the, the, the juice is. I wanted to, to shift gears just a second as we're wrapping up here to talk a little bit about the sort of expectations of what it is to be spiritual. And one of the things that you write in the book that I love is, I will not in any way torture myself to ascend, not even if there's an app for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> love that. And, and there are. Did you know that? Oh. <laughs> I'm sure there are. There are plenty. So let's let's break this down. What is all this pressure about you have to be vegan and juicing and meditating 20 minutes a day and have the right crystals? Like, can we just let that go? Yeah, let's do it. Everybody, <laughs> just exhale. Get over it. <laughs> uh, didn't you write something? I saw something on your site. Just get over it. Get over it. Yes. Move yes, on. Yes. Um, well, 
Yeah, it's like a spectrum of comparing ourselves. So a lot of us through coaching and being coaches can get to this really, truly healthy place of self-esteem where we're not comparing our success or our brand to anybody else's. We are who we are. We're rocking it. We love it. But then there's this more subtle sort of insidious thing where often subconsciously, unconsciously, we're comparing our spirituality to somebody else's spirituality, our practice to theirs. Really, we're comparing our goodness (laughs) to somebody else's goodness. Mm. And I really noticed that on my own path. And, you know, was I eating clean enough and all my vegan friends, I was feeling so guilty. And was I meditating long enough, deep enough, clear enough, expanded enough? And I mean, I knew uh, instinctive. Yeah. I knew instinctively that those various modalities, like I know that meditation needs to happen. Mm. I know that that's best for me. I know that I need some form of sacred body movement. That might be jogging. It might be dance. It could be yoga. I know that I need to eat clean. This is basic if you're on the path of wellness. But I had to compare myself to everybody else's path, leave most of those paths. I have a prodigal relationship with almost all of those um, areas, and then find the so-called modality that gave me joy, not just worked for me, Mm -hmm. but like, oh, juicy, can't wait to do it, relate, resonate, fun, (laughs) which doesn't mean there's not discipline involved, but uh, yeah, I left it all and and I came back to the things that worked for me. Yeah. Mm. The things that work for you. I think that's just, I, I know people are getting so much from this conversation, not just intellectually, but they're feeling the, the resonance of what you're saying. It's back to you are your own guru. You have the answers. And sometimes we have to try a lot of things. It's a process of elimination to find those things that really work for us and not work for us in the sense of someone else telling you the answers, but work in terms of what feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what feels comforting, what feels compassionate, what enhances your vitality and your life force and, and leave the rest behind. I, I remember I did a three month vegan experiment because I thought I should, if I was going to become spiritual and all my spiritual friends who were doing it were like, oh my gosh, my visions and my downloads are so amazing now that I don't eat meat. <laughs> and of course I was jealous of their visions and downloads. I'm like, I want right. to, I want to hear my guide. So if I'm vegan, then I'm going to be so much more psychic. And I did it and I was so cranky and hungry and I was miserable and it, mm. it didn't work. And that's, that's the thing. That's the practice is what works for you. And I, I want to read one more thing that I really, I mean, I love so much, but just about the whole process of evolution and, and breaking some of our misconceptions about what that is. You write, I do believe upward is where we want to be headed toward a higher point of view. I want to transcend my fears, ascend to unity, rise above the mundane, but I have to take the mundane with me on the way to the holy. Otherwise, I'm not whole. Otherwise, I'm leaving God behind. Mm. That's a good That's a good one. So good. You're so <laughs> yeah. good. You're such a good writer. Thanks. And the mundane isn't bad. What? No, I mean, God is in the mundane and the mundane wants to ascend as well. Like it wants to be brought up with us. And 
and we're here, aren't we? We're here anyway. Like this is what it means to be present. Yeah. We're here. And, you know, I, I think I, I don't know if it's in that same chapter, but I tell this little story about being at swim class with my kid and he, at the time he was like around eight or nine. Oh, yeah. And he, I, of course I have this permission, have his permission to tell the story, but I also like to add to the story. He wants me to add. He has since then passed all of his swimming tests and he's like wow. a really great swimmer. Okay. But he had failed this particular test and we're standing in the community center locker room He's clearly, he's bumming. I mean, he, he's not crying, but he bummed out. And I'm just like, dude, what color do you need right now? Should we just, should we pull in some green or some, maybe some blue, just to, just breathe in. And he's like, mom, you bringing in green is not really helping me now. Could you just get my backpack and can we go? <laughs> and I just like... Right. Right. Meet him where he is at. And that was a big one for me. Just like, meet me where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Meet everybody else. Meet the meat eater. You know, like I live a plant-based diet now, but it's like, meet the Republicans where they're just yeah. meet them where they're at. Because this is where we are. Yeah. This is where we are. Yeah. And, that's and okay. have a higher vision yeah. and be devoted. It's not, this isn't about getting lazy in our spirituality is about just getting like just brighter and more mm -hmm. expanded and it's real both. and, and yeah. real and, and yeah. honest. And it's, it's going to be more real to us when it feels good to us, when it's not a yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's, that's really real. Cause <laughs> I mean, I don't know what God universe source, like uh, who, who knows, but I feel like God wants us to just enjoy living all aspects of it, all aspects of it. And that we yeah. don't need to sit in meditation for four hours to be spiritual, that, that being with another person, seeing them, not giving them some great piece of advice or some affirmation, but just seeing each other and meeting each other where we're at. I think that's really how we walk spirituality. Yeah. And life is hard. Life is really brutal. And we've got to be generating joy and pleasure for the, for the sake of joy and pleasure, but also to help us deal with the brutality of being human. Yeah. So, yeah, you're almost in that way, you're honor bound um, to generate joy for yourself so that you can get through the lessons and be of service. Yeah. And, and life is hard and there's a lot that we see in the world that's incredibly tragic and hard to watch, mm -hmm. but we can't put our head in the sand about that. You talk a little bit, Danielle, about conscious optimism. What does that mean? Well, I used to, I, I prescribed to the teaching who's a specific teacher whose name I won't mention, uh, who, and she was saying, uh, you know, don't consume negative news because this, you don't, you don't want that in your real. And I just, and I went with that. I was like, yeah, I don't watch the news. <laughs> I, don't, mm. I don't want to see those thought forms and those. Um, okay. That's irresponsible as a global citizen, as a light worker, as someone who considers themselves on the, to be on the path. You need to be informed. Being informed about what's happening ecologically, 
humanitarianly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that's a word, politically, is a way of being of service. And it helps you actually be of greater service. Now, the catch, this is another discussion. I mean, the catch there is about the kind of information we consume and fake news and lies and conspiracy theories and all of that. But that's actually neither here nor there. You, you, you cannot turn away from the pain of the world and grow. You cannot turn away from the pain of the world and be a quote spiritual person because spirituality is so, this is my definition. It has everything to do with being connected Mm. to the higher source to the grid of light, to each other. And so I better, I better be watching what's going on in the news. Um, and I just wrote about this recently on my site where, you know, the more you feel, the harder it gets. It just gets more painful, Mm -hmm. gets more painful. And, you know, when I, I, I'm not sure when you're going to run this, but when I read on Instagram yesterday, Instagram is my source for news. So I follow all the news outlets there. And then I go deeper if I want that Donald has pulled out of the Mm -hmm. Paris accord. I gasped. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got out of the car and cried my way into the house. I'm not crippled. I, I go on with my day. This is a blow to humanity and to mother earth. Like I don't want to be numb to these things. And so I will continue to consume. I'll continue to cry in my kitchen (sighs) and have some, and be really worried. I mean, I I am constantly living with the deepest concern about humanity's future. It's really fucking depressing Mm -hmm. and I'll do everything I can to feel joy, to be joy, to give joy, to help other people create joy because that's our true nature. That's our true, I mean, I, there, there's, I can be more specific about this. Joy is what happens when you face your soul. Yes. So I'm committed to continuing to facing the truth and feeling the ecstasy of that. Mm. And along with that, I, you know, we have to deal with a lot of dark, dense, really, truly evil, terrible stuff. Mm. 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 Yes. And we can't let that rob us of joy. Yeah. Because we've got, yeah, <laughs> there's both. There's both. There's so, both. Mm. Oh. This is a good one. You're, you're just, great. You're great. I just, <laughs> I mean, oh, so much amazing, amazing. I don't even know what to call it. it it's truth. It's inspiration. It's, it's just, it's just real. So thank you for bringing um, so much light to this topic and for giving all of us like a permission slip not to be overachievers when it comes to personal growth and spirituality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, thanks for knowing your stuff. And I can like, it feels to me like your, your community is really engaged. Mm-hmm. Like, and I really hear people listening. So they are. Yeah, this was great. Thank you. They are. And I'll have everybody. There will be a link to where to grab the book in the show notes called The White Hot Truth. And you also have a book club that you're doing with this, right, Danielle? Yeah, I'm I'm really stoked about the book club. So the idea is you don't need the book to actually, I mean, go buy the book. That would be awesome. But you don't need the book to participate. So like every, I think it's every other week, I'm, on, I'm doing a Facebook Live and we're going through the topics. But you don't even need me. There's questions at the back of the book or you get them free on the site. And I just want... 
I mean, I want every gender to be getting together, but basically, mostly, I want chicks getting together mm-hmm. in their living rooms, having conversations about what is meaningful to them. Mm. And we need, I think we need to intentionally get together more, like more than two of us in one place and talk about deep stuff. Agreed. Agreed. There's something so magical that happens, especially when a circle of women come together and talk about what's meaningful, meaningful to our hearts. Uh, And although you said you don't need the book to participate, everybody get this book. It's so good. Mm -hmm. You'll, you'll, I read it in basically a day. Uh, So all the links will be there, Danielle. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for being real. And thank you for bringing our awareness to the white hot truth. Mm, Mutual. Yeah. Thank you. Love to everybody. Thanks. Thanks.